He said in May that he was a top five point guard. He reiterated it after or before the season with Taylor Rooks. I'm a top five point guard. He has played like a top five point guard all season. And now not only is he a top five point guard, he is a 2022 NBA All-Star starter on the absolutely wonderful revelation that John Rant is an All-Star star, star starter, plus some trade talk today on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Here we go. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what a time to be locked on Grizzlies when John Morant has been locked in all year. Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Right here, you can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter, the show at Locked on Grizzlies. Again, Sean Coleman here, credentialed media member with the Grizzlies. I've been covering the Grizzlies now for four years. Your host here at Locked on Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every day. Of course, you can find the podcast free on all platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. That's where we will be. And also right here on YouTube, hit that subscribe button below. Let's others know that you enjoy the show. Let's others be able to find the show and just in general makes the show the best that it can possibly be. And if we want to talk about someone who's been the best that he could possibly be this year, it clearly is John Morant. The revelation last night, what we all anticipated has been very likely over the past two weeks since John Morant, it was revealed took over the second spot in the Western Conference backcourt voting from Luka Doncic. It was finally confirmed last night. John Moran not only voted second among Western backcourt conference or among the backcourt in the Western Conference behind Steph Curry, voted second by the fans, voted second by the media, voted second by the players. A true understanding and acknowledgement that John Morant has been the second best guard in the Western Conference this year. John Morant will be joining Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic, and LeBron James and Andrew Wiggins as a Western Conference All-Star starter. Now, not necessarily that all five of those players will be playing on the same team, but what it clearly shows is that John Morant once again has reached a goal of his maybe earlier than many of us had anticipated, but the goal has been reached. And three big takeaways that I have from this really resonates in terms of jaw and Memphis. And number one that stands out is that it keeps on being proven, but now I think we're past the point of being debate. Jaw Morant is clearly and by far the best talent that this Memphis Grizzlies franchise has ever had. And we're lucky enough to have him. John Morant right now is one of only five is one of only seven players to average 25 points, five assists, and five rebounds per game this season. The others are LeBron James, Giannis, Nikola Jokic, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic. Forgive me. Woo! I need to wake up this morning. Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Giannis, Nikola Jokic, Steph Curry, and Luka Doncic, and of course, John Morant. And six of those seven are all-star starters. And of course, when it comes to Ja versus Luka, one of the reasons why Ja is in place is because the Grizzlies certainly have had the more successful season than the Dallas Mavericks. So what's outstanding is, is that Ja Morant continues to elevate his game, and now he clearly has elevated his game 
to the production, and he's put it together over a full half season, though he did miss a bit of time, he's put together a full half season worth of production that truly puts him among the elite in the NBA. But the other thing that stands out is this, is that obviously we all know how beloved John Morant is when it comes to the Memphis fan base, the Memphis Grizzlies. We all know that John Morant loves the Grizzlies, loves the franchise, loves the city of Memphis. And the biggest reason why he loves all those things is because all of those things love him. The fan base knows. They knew. And this is a huge point here. As soon as John Morant was drafted, two and a half years ago, or over two and a half years ago, this Memphis, this Memphis fan base knew there was a very good chance, or they were already convinced, they had landed the best talent that this franchise had ever seen. And they immediately treated John Morant as such. This Memphis fan base knew that what they had been hoping for, what they had been, you know, wishing for for years, even through the grit and grind era, they knew that once they landed John Morant, he was going to be their best chance to date and also had a very good chance of being the caliber of player that for decades and years, this fan base had wished that they could have. And they got him and they treated him as such. And that's the thing that stands out, is that obviously John Morant is beloved when it comes to the city of Memphis and Grizzlies fans all around. But it's not just that he's beloved by the city of Memphis, by the Grizzlies fan base, by the franchise. It's the fact that basketball itself is a huge supporter and huge fan of John Moran. I've talked about it with many others from other fan bases. It always surprises me in a sport where you have a lot of support among players, but you also can easily have beef on the court. You see skirmishes between players all the time who are of star caliber, who off the court, you know they support each other. Off the court, there's certainly a respect, maybe even a friendship, but on the court, there can certainly be, you know, some, some you know, tension-filled times when you're playing in a competitive sport like basketball. And John Morant certainly has had his instances. You know, we just saw the instance a few weeks ago on Martin Luther King Day with Tony Bradley. But my point is, is that among the elite talents in the NBA, even all-time greats like Shaq and Charles Barkley and others that have retired, there is a consistent positive opinion of John Morant. There is a consistent support of John Morant to the level that you don't typically see with a player as young as Morant. And so it's not just that when the Grizzlies acquired the rights to John Morant in the 2019 draft, that the Memphis fan base was landing someone who they knew that if they showed their support for, he would show them support back. But it's the entire brethren of ba basketball, the league, fans, all across the world. There is a support for John Morant that you typically don't see for players as young as he is. And that certainly shows with how much support he got in this voting process. But perhaps the biggest point of all, besides Ja producing on the court among the elites, besides Ja being respected and enjoyed off the court by the elites, is that Ja Morant once again has proven, you better damn well believe what he says. Again, he said it in May, he was a top five point guard. Myself and others 
Yeah, going forward, we can see it, but maybe not right now. That was our response. That was my response before the season. Yeah, possibly in the future, but not right now. Then he comes into the season and he stops talking. He he talked about it in May. He talked about it before the season, and he had every right to. That's part of the equation that makes John Moran as special as he is, is the fact that he's confident. He's confident, unwavering confidence in his ability. And you're fine with it because that's what makes up part of the equation for him to be as special as he is. But he stated how he felt. He said multiple times, I'm a top five point guard in this league. And then, but coming into the season, the talking stopped, the play started, and he's done nothing but prove his point throughout the season. And the other thing that I'll say is this, is that I understand that perhaps all-star starting, the, the, uh, earning the right to be an all-star starter in the eyes of some may not be that big of a deal. And I get it. At the end of the day, you know, you're going to see it's about being an all-star in history more than it is an all-star starter. But do not, in my opinion, when it comes to John Rand, do not water down the accomplishments that's there. Because at the end of the day, it's important to John. Though John doesn't need motivation, he doesn't need, you know, recognition all the time. John doesn't need to be recognized. He doesn't need accolades. He doesn't need, you know, praise, all this different stuff to motivate him. But, but, he certainly is not going to shy away from the acknowledgement of how special he is because he knows that's part of the equation itself. He knows that if he's playing to the best of his ability, others are going to speak his praises to where he doesn't have to. And that's the thing that stands out. John Morant has continued to bet on himself. We talk about proving other people wrong. Well, to John Morant, I believe that's part of the equation. I do believe that John Morant truly is motivated by continuing to prove people wrong, but more than anything, it's proven himself right. Not because he doubts himself, but it's that A to Z commitment of putting in the work to be the best he can be, showing the confidence that he knows he can be the best that he can be, and actually delivering on it as he has all season. And the result is just a continued ascension among the greats in today's game that certainly is nowhere near. We're just at the beginning of that ascension, and it's going to be so much fun to be along for the ride. But while the future is certainly bright for both the Grizzlies and John Morant, the present is awesome as well. 2022 All-Star starter, John Morant. But when it comes to the Grizzlies, we know what we've got in John Morant. We're hoping we find out soon what we have for the rest of the team. But when it comes to the NBA trade deadline, I think another perspective within the near future of the team really might open up an unexpected avenue or two that the Grizzlies could take. I'll explain in just a moment. Of course, when it comes to the Grizzlies, the best, the best thing I can tell you is this is just like John Morant has bet on himself his whole NBA career, and it's obviously led to him accomplishing goal after goal after goal that he set out to accomplish. One thing that you might want to accomplish is enjoying a consistent site that you can enjoy betting and wagering on when it comes to sports. And the place I could tell you is that is betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all the sports you love. NHL, NBA, NFL, whatever it may be, 
BetOnline has you covered. If you go to the new and updated website for your, your laptop or mobile device, you'll be able to put in the promo code locked on and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to check out betonline.ag today. Before we get into some trade talk when it comes to the Grizzlies, I want to remind you the Locked On Podcast Network, the Locked On NBA Network, will have its 2022 trade deadline show with host of Fantasy Basketball. Excuse me. Woo! With host of with host of Locked On Celtics, John Corrales, joined by others when it comes to the NBA trade deadline. All the news, all the rumors, all the actual trades that go down with your local experts joining the show when it comes to breaking down all the action at the trade deadline. Yours truly may even be there himself if the Grizzlies were to make a move. Check out the Locked On NBA trade deadline special February 10th from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, hosted by Locked On Celtics host John Corrales. So let's be honest. When it comes to the Grizzlies, it, again, it's just absolutely magnificent that John Morant has certainly reached his goals this season. He's gone above and beyond. The Grizzlies have gone above and beyond. As you can tell from earlier this week, Jaron Jackson Jr. has gone above and beyond. It's been an absolutely spectacular season so far for the Memphis Grizzlies. And we've talked about the trade deadline and many different perspectives coming up. We've talked about the fact that there's several different ways the Grizzlies could go that potentially make sense. We've also discussed that there are plenty of assets that the Grizzlies could utilize at their disposal that are going to either lose value completely or are going to come to fruition. Their value is going to be turned into actual talent over the next six months. But let's put the draft picks to a side. We'll have plenty of time to discuss them before or after the trade deadline. I think another interesting perspective is when it comes to having expiring contracts for the Grizzlies, but also having players that either could be viewed as tradable assets or could be viewed as a tradable asset slash a player that could be extended soon. I think that another interesting perspective that, that the Grizzlies face over the next six months is who do they truly want to pay. And what I mean by that is this, is that you know that you're going to pay John Morant just like you did Jaron Jackson Jr. this past summer. You know that that's going to happen. Obviously, Dylan Brooks, he's another discussion entirely, which we will get into, you know, obviously as the rest of the season and the summer comes along. But specifically what I'm getting at is, is that the Grizzlies know either who they're going to pay in roles that they're currently in. They know they're going to pay an Xavier Tillman. They know they're going to pay a John Conchar because they're being paid the a correct amount for the role that they play on this team. They know they're going to pay a Zaire Williams and a Santi Aldama, at least as of now, because of the role that they have on this team. But you've got four players, several of them who we've already discussed, who you really could look into the future and be like, okay, do I want to pay this person over multiple years what they're worth? Or do I potentially want to use them as a trade asset to either free up money to pay somebody else or use that money to go towards a bigger piece? And what I mean by that is this, is that we obviously know when it comes to Tyus Jones and Kyle Anderson, the Grizzlies are going to have to pay them in the summer, right? We know that they are expiring contracts. And so in some of these trade scenarios, especially when it comes to Kyle Anderson, there's been plenty of discussion. Do the Grizzlies rather want to trade him now or pay him later? And that is certainly something that is going to be a, a very, very um, interesting dilemma when it comes to the Grizzlies at the trade deadline. 
But the other thing that stands out is, is that it's not just about who the Grizzlies will have to pay this summer if they want to keep them around. It's also comparing them, would you rather pay a Tyus, would you rather pay a Kyle, or would you rather have to pay a Melton, or, or continue to pay DeAnthony Melton what you owe him, or potentially extend Brandon Clark? Because that's what it comes down to, right? Is that at the end of the day, you know the big players that you're going to be paying. You know that you're going to pay John Morant. You know that you're going to pay Jaron Jackson Jr. But you also know that in terms of your supporting cast, there are going to be players that you're eventually going to have to pay. So which of those players will you want to pay? Now, obviously, it seems like that the Grizzlies have already made a decision on that when it comes to DeAnthony Melton. But why do I throw him in this equation with Tyus and Kyle, who are expiring contracts, and Brandon Clark, who's got one year left on his deal after this year, while DeAnthony Melton has two? Well, it's because in the evolution of this roster, do, do the Grizzlies feel that DeAnthony Melton is truly as important a part of the future as he was even a year ago? And I think that the answer is still a yes. But I don't think that it is as ironclad that his role in the future or the best value he could provide in the future is truly being with his team throughout the uh, throughout the term of his contract. Because at the end of the day, the Grizzlies are going to have to make tough decisions. They are going to have to make decisions on who is expendable and who is not. And we've seen that they have no problem making the tough decisions if they feel it's in the best interest of the team, having already traded Jonas Valanciunas and Grayson Allen. And so the point that I'm getting at is, is that if you look at those four players and you look at which players the Grizzlies truly want to prioritize paying money towards, of these four players, Tyus, Kyle, Brandon, and the Anthony Melton, I think the Grizzlies are honestly only really wanting to pay two of those players. And if you were to want to rank those players in terms of who makes the most sense to pay, and we'll say you're probably going to pay eight to 10 million to them over multiple years moving forward, I think Brandon Clark certainly stands out as the player that you want to pay the most, the player that you want to keep around the most because of the role that he has on the team. But if the Grizzlies truly do feel that a Kyle Anderson or a Tyus Jones are worth keeping around at 10 or so million a year. And either of those players are certainly, you know, willing to want to do that to stay with, you know, the ascending Memphis core. Well, then if the Grizzlies want that to happen, I truly think of those four that I mentioned, Brandon Clark is the one the Grizzlies want to keep around the most for the future. But I honestly could see Tyus, with how well he does in his shooting prowess, how well he does in the backup point guard position, or a Kyle Anderson, who can you know be very versatile and be a consistent source in that four or five position, or maybe even playing on the wing if need be, I could see those needs truly being more important than what DeAnthony Melton brings to the table. So while it may be surprising that DeAnthony Melton could emerge as a trade candidate, could emerge as a potential trade asset, if you really look down at things, if you really look down into the picture of the Grizzlies' future, I think it clearly makes sense that the Grizzlies have multiple trade assets beyond their expiring contracts and their draft picks. And the thing is, is that the Grizzlies don't necessarily have to make a trade now, but I do think at the end of the day, 
If you're looking at a Brandon Clark, a Tyus Jones, a Kyle Anderson, and a DeAnthony Melton, as good as DeAnthony Melton was last year, and as impactful as he can be, both when he's on the court and defensively, and the fact that his contract still remains a valuable you know, asset to the Grizzlies, it's a good position to be in for Memphis. Because certainly, if you want to keep him around, that's perfectly fine. There's no issue at all with keeping DeAnthony Melton through the duration of his contract. But I do feel like when it comes to his overall impact, if he still is a valuable trade asset, instead of having to go give up a Brandon Clark potentially with an expiring contract to get a player the Grizzlies want to get, DeAnthony Melton could be the alternate. And I do think that the Grizzlies feel that he may be Someone that could be more replaced than maybe even a Tyus Jones. At the end of the day, I would take the Anthony Melton over Tyus Jones. But if the Grizzlies love the aspect of having two reliable ball handlers and Tyus Jones is fine staying in a backup role to John Morant long term, I could easily see them putting that importance over what DeAnthony Melton provides. So at the end of the day, as many others have speculated, the sense in trading DeAnthony Melton, it's not something you force. It's not, DeAnthony Melton is not some type of player you want to move off of. Or he's not some type of player that, you know, you, you just, you don't see being a part of his future. He clearly could be a part of his future. I just don't know if he's as important to the future as he once was. And I think when it comes to the Grizzlies having to make the right decisions of how to allocate their funds with more money going towards fewer players, they're going to have to make these tough decisions. So it's not just about whether they want to extend Tyus or whether they want to extend Kyle or whether they want to trade either one of those players to get value for them before they become free agents. It's also in general about long-term, who do you want to pay beyond your expiring contracts? And when it comes to Tyus, when it comes to Kyle, when it comes to Brandon Clark, and when it comes to DeAnthony Melton, I clearly think Brandon Clark is the player that you want to pay the most. He still could be used in a trade, and he would be someone that likely would be involved in a package that would bring back a very significant player. But if the Grizzlies love the idea of keeping him in the fold in the front court to support Jaron, they've already got Desmond Bain and others to support Jaw. If the Grizzlies feel that their best action is to upgrade the roster with players that they feel are expendable, I think DeAnthony Melton may be more expendable now because he's still attractive to other teams on a valuable contract, and he's someone that could play a significant role in upgrading a more important part of the roster. These are the tough decisions that are going to have to be made, and the Grizzlies have already made those tough decisions with Grayson Allen and Jonas Valanciunas because they did not want to pay them long-term. But even though a player like Anthony Melton already is signed long-term, he still is on a favorable enough contract to where the Grizzlies may not feel he's as important a piece to the future as he once was, then he becomes a tradable asset to get that important piece of the future. But at the end of the day, I don't know if the Grizzlies are going to trade Anthony Melton at the trade deadline. I would be surprised if they moved on from a piece of that caliber. However, I do think in the right deal, it can make sense. But there are a few other names that fall in line with the philosophy that I've talked about many times already. A few other names that come to fruition that I want to discuss as potential trade candidates. We'll discuss that in just a moment. Now, 
I can tell you this again, the wonderful thing about the new year is that many of us are trying to get in better shape. I'm failing. I'll be honest with you. It's not going well for me at the moment, but I'm trying my best. And one of the things that is helping me out is Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Having it in the morning for breakfast or in the afternoon as a snack, I enjoy it to get my day started off right. If you go to Built.com right now, not only can you choose from over 18 different flavors, but you also have the ability to put in the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Make sure you check out Built.com today and put in the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. So obviously, we want to thank you so much for listening to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. It's going to be a fun time here. Later on today, another podcast will be out discussing the game against the Spurs, looking at the game against the Jazz and the significance of that. And then tomorrow, we'll recap the game against the Jazz and get you ready for the game against the Warriors back-to-back for the Grizzlies this weekend. And we'll have all of the analysis here for you here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So as I discussed, just because the Grizzlies have Tyus Jones and Kyle Anderson to make decisions on when it comes to their futures, do you trade them? Do you retain them? Do you sign them long-term? I think that those, it's not just about those two. It's also about a DeAnthony Melton, a Brandon Clark. Who do you want to pay long-term, even if you've already made the decision to pay a player long-term? And so the thing is, is that the Grizzlies have plenty of trade assets beyond their expiring contracts, beyond their draft picks that they could use in a trade. However, when it comes to a Brandon Clark, when it comes to a DeAnthony Melton, you don't trade them off just to trade them. You don't trade them for picks. You trade them for instant upgrades in the present and future for your roster. That's what you trade them for. But it's going to be hard to find that type of player. It's going to be hard to find a player in this year's trade deadline class that really makes sense to move a, a, a Brandon Clark or a DeAnthony Melton for. Because as we mentioned before, you move them for a Harrison Barnes, you move them for a Jeremy Grant, you move them for a Ben Simmons. There is plenty of other stuff that has to work out to make those type of moves work. And I just don't think the Grizzlies are going to make a move to that extent. But that does not mean that there are plenty of other players out there who are not sensible for the Grizzlies to go get. And whether it be using a Jared Culver and a couple of picks, whether it be using a, you know, a multiple team deal where you move on from Kyle and then take assets from that deal to go get a player that you can bring into the fold to replace Kyle this year, that's perfectly fine. But a big key for me, and I mentioned it before, I talked about it with Cam Reddish, I've talked about it with Kenrich Williams. If the Grizzlies are going to go out and make a move, I do think that a big thing that stands out, a huge factor that plays into that is controlling the player beyond this year so that that player can step into needed rotation minutes that are going to be filled going into next season. And as I mentioned, Kenrich Williams certainly is someone that stands out as a potential target, a very versatile player, could play one through four, can defend reasonably well. Also this year, shooting 45.5% from the field, 38.2% from three. Now, the thing about it is this, is that someone like a Kenrich Williams or other players that I'm going to mention in this third segment, these are not players who I feel are going to step into a starting role. These are not players who are on the level of a Jeremy Grant or a Harrison Barnes or a Ben Simmons. But these are players who in Taylor Jenkins' system, which so much values versatility with the ability to shoot, these are players that can step in and be utilized in multiple ways. And that's something that Kenrich Williams can do. Can play multiple positions, can put the ball in the basket, can defend reasonably well, also has a pretty good ability to rebound and, and pass. 
Kenrich Williams is the type of player who you don't expect to come in and play 30 to 35 minutes, but for 15 to 20 minutes or so a night, he can provide plenty of value, not only now, but also next year when you're going to need that value even more. But it's not just Kenrich Williams. A familiar name also could step in, especially when it comes to a secondary shooting source off the bench, and that's Justin Holiday, who signed through next year to make $6 million a year this year and next year. The reason I bring up Justin Holiday is because he's a player who really is settled into a role where he knows exactly what he needs to do. This year, Justin Holiday is shooting 37.2% from three, but he also is averaging 3.4 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 0.9 steals. Again, he's not someone like he was when he was in Memphis. He's not the type of player that the Grizzlies are going to bring in to be a part of the starting lineup. But could he easily be a very valuable eighth or ninth man in the rotation next year? Ninth or tenth maybe this year? Could he be someone that could still add value as a veteran presence in the playoffs? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He's played very well in his time for what's expected of him with Indiana. And that's the key about these moves, right? Is that I get that the Grizzlies are in a position where it would make sense to maybe go make a move that would be a significant uh, significant upgrade for their starting lineup, plus also qualify as a splash. But that's not where the Grizzlies have acted in the past. They have mastered the margins. And making a move for a Kenrich Williams or making a move for a Justin Holiday hits on those margins in multiple ways. Not only are you getting depth that you need, not only are you getting some good shooting ability, you're getting versatility in both players, but you're also getting contracts that are more than manageable for you to be able to have more depth that you could rely on even in the playoffs this year, but especially when you need to fill rotation minutes next year. Their wings, which was where this Grizzlies team needs depth as well. So on many, it checks many different boxes. Even if it doesn't check the splash box, or even if it doesn't check the start upgrade the starting lineup box, it still checks many different boxes that are valuable to help this Grizzlies team be where they want to be when it comes to playoff positioning and to fill rotation minutes with reliable options. So a Kenrich Williams or a Justin Holiday, they may not feel up that splash meter. They may not be that exciting, but they still offer valuable roles for this team, not only this year, but next year. And another player that I would watch the market for, in my opinion, and this would be a player that probably would require a DeAnthony Melton or a Kyle Anderson plus a DeAnthony Melton, what have you, but he may be worth going to get. His name is Kyle Kuzma of the Washington Wizards. Now, I don't think that Kuzma is likely going to be available because he's the type of player who the Wizards probably want to keep around to certainly support Bradley Beal and the Wizards' hope to sign Bill long-term. But this season, Kyle Kuzma, 45% from the field. He has slowed down a bit when it comes to shooting from three, only 32.5% from three. But 8.9 rebounds per game, 2.9 assists, a capable defender. I think that Kyle Kuzma is the type of player that can offer that defense, that can offer value outside of scoring. And in my opinion, he's shown enough prowess as a shooter that you would trust Taylor Jenkins to make him more consistent. And he's also signed for next year. Kyle Kuzma is the type of player that you could go get that's not going to cost you a Dylan, not going to cost you a Bane because he's some type of superstar. He's the type of player that though he may not be as attractive as a Harrison Barnes or a Jeremy Grant, in this Grizzly system, he could potentially reach that level in time 
in terms of his all-around game because he showed he could do it in the past. And also, he obviously would be at both a both, he would fill a need both from a roster standpoint and a skill set standpoint. So again, I know that these names are not the attractive all-in home run type trades, but at different levels, these are players that you can use your expendable assets to go get that are reasonable contracts for this year and next year, can add value this year and next year, and also give the Grizzlies an insurance policy for the roster next year and beyond if some players were to either be traded or walk in free agency. The players that the Grizzlies could trade for out there, moves are out there to be made. But at the end of the day, it's good to be in a position to where if they make a move or if they don't, the Grizzlies are going to be just fine. But I still think if, especially if a De'Anthony Melton type asset comes into the equation, the Grizzlies may be surprised of just how good of a value they could find in the right deal. And that potentially could be for a player of Kyle Kuzma's calendar, uh, caliber. But if not, then someone like a Kenrich Williams or a Justin Holiday makes sense as well. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Congratulations to John Morant and his family on being a 2022 NBA All-Star starter. We'll be back with you later on today discussing the matchup against the Utah Jazz and looking forward to the weekend. Hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.